0: At in
1: Support for Pivot comes from Pendo. Pendo improves the apps your customers and employees rely on. Whether you're building applications for customers or managing applications for employees, Pendo can help deliver better experiences for your users so they can get more value from your software visit pendo.io slash pivot to learn more about how your team can use pendo to start building better digital experiences there you can also check out pendo's lineup of free certification courses 12 hours of in-depth training for your product management teams on topics from ai to product analytics to product-led growth that's pendo.io slash pivot to learn more Hey everyone, this is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher,
0: and this is Scott Galla, and I'm here to announce that I've just declared war on Norway via Twitter. Watch out, Norwegians! <laughs> what you Public policy what via are you Twitter. Do
1: to Norway? What are you? I'm why, coming why, for those angry?
0: Norwegians.
1: Why? Those, what did they those do to you?
0: Oil-rich, nice people have their,
1: fantastic hair. Their, their, they have good hair. They're
0: cod or whatever it is. They what is it? What's awesome? What's, what are Norwegians known for? What's the Norwegian cuisine du jour?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been to Norway ever. Oh,
0: it's nice. I don't know. Every Northern European country is sort of, you go there and you're like, these people get it. They just have nicer lives. The people are better looking. So that's why you want to invade them? No, I was was making light of the president's errant use of a platform. Yes, of
1: Twitter. I understand what you were doing. So let's discuss that. Trump tweeted that he would attack 52 sites that are important to Iran, including cultural sites. He also uh, informed Congress Um, under the War Powers Act, I guess, that he was going to do what he was going to do using Twitter, and he said, this is my... my this is the way I'm going to inform you of this, which was kind of nuts. Usually, it's a little different from A Day That Will Live in Infamy, which was a speech that Franklin Roosevelt gave. Um, on Twitter, he's using it pretty much to conduct whatever he's doing. Um, and Congress sort of is sitting on their hands nearby, not knowing what to do. So what do you think about this, Scott? I know you don't like to wade into politics, but this is the story of the week, essentially.
0: Yeah, well, I, I got a lot here. I think there's a lot around strategy. Let, let's just work backwards from— uh, announcing he's on Twitter he, he was going to attack 52 cultural sites. That's, that is a war crime, and Robert McNamara, the secretary of defense during the Vietnam uh, years, who was actually a brilliant guy, uh, said that you can't defeat an enemy uh, without really empathizing with them. So let's try to empathize a little bit with the Iranians, whether you think the war is justified or the conflict or the what could break into a war is justified. 1952, the CIA. Uh, orchestrates uh, the coup and they overthrow a democratically elected leader there and we install our guy who's corrupt. So the Iranians, bottom line, just don't like us much. And if you were to, if we were to announce via Twitter, or better yet, if the Iranians were to announce via Twitter that okay, over the next 90 days, we're going to execute a cyber attack or an act of military intervention or terrorism on a public university, an amusement park, Monticello, and a tech campus, Yep. Uh, how would we react to that? There is nobody at home with a whiteboard and a pen going on a risk adjusted basis, what happens with these decisions and who garners or seeds advantage. These strategically well, are just you know the stupidest like? decisions I in the tell world.
1: You. Do you know who you sound like today? Who's Tucker that? Carlson. Tucker's right on this things. issue.
0: Tucker's right on this yep. issue. 100%. Well, it's interesting.
1: Who's benefiting here? It's really, but let's get back to the Trump thing. And using the using the platforms again to to govern is really fascinating. I don't know what to say about it. I don't know if you should take them off Twitter or not take them. A lot of people are what calling do you do? for that.
0: What do you do? What do what you do? What do you think? do? Nothing. What do you think Nothing. Twitter does? I don't, I don't know what they can do
1: nothing. Yeah. What do you do? Take them, you don't take them off. You don't, he, he, it doesn't say you can't do that. Yeah. right? He he specializes as it doesn't say you can't. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what you do. I don't know if you, like there are a lot of people are saying, oh, he's threatening violence. He's threatening this. And of course he is. But what do you do? Like I, spe- the, the, I think the, the, the stuff he did about the cultural sites is just ridiculous because he's actually committing crimes in front of people, which is his kind of MO. Years from now, it'll be used in court, I suppose, depending on on what happens. But I think one of the things that is disturbing is that he's he's governing by it. And he's been doing it since the, he did the Commerce Department thing. He did things like g- gender people in the military. Um, and so he's using he's using Twitter as his governing vehicle, as he's used it for his campaign vehicle. And it's the one and the same thing. And I think that's really it's fascinating. Strange. And I just, I don't know what to do. Do you, What would you do if you were Jack Dorsey?
0: I don't, you know, the bottom line is they're in an impossible situation. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they can do they can do anything, but uh, I mean I just and I apologize i'm regressing into general strategy here, but mm-hmm. look That's at right. look at what they 've done I like, here
1: I like general Scott Galloway. We, we
0: general with the JCPOA, <laughs> with, with the Iranian nuclear deal, the Europeans and the mm-hmm. Americans had some leverage over the u s and we were starting to talk again, and it felt like both sides were making body language that they wanted to have yeah. greater diplomacy. And all of a sudden, with that greater diplomacy and some sympathy towards the West, you had a younger generation of Iranians. I grew up in L.A. Some of my best friends, I know this, when people say it, the Iranian culture is a super impressive culture. The Iranians I know are more American than almost any uh, uh, immigrants I know. They value education. They like to make money. They're industrious. They're smart. They have incredible Mm -hmm. respect for culture. This is an impressive culture and an impressive people. And you had a young cohort that was starting to protest in the streets. They didn't like the conservative hardliners. And what have we done? We have handed a gift to the conservative hardliners. Everyone is now rallying around them. And we had given them license to attack a nation that is run by a guy who is under impeachment for high crimes and misdemeanors by one of the branches of government, has a rules of populace or rules of populace presides over a populace that is not going to go into the Middle East a third time. So we are just we are just flaccid yeah. we are running up to these guys forcing them to respond we have yeah, special it does ops play into their hands. we have special ops posts and bases all over the middle east that are vulnerable now they could fire rockets into Israel, they could mess with the Straits of Hormuz, they could yeah. cyber attack medical facilities in the U.S. We have well, so you know, many vulnerabilities yes, right now.
1: I think cyber, cyber security is going to be the real issue. They've already started. And I think Iran has been a big player. We we focus a lot on the Russians, but Iran has been a big player in cyber attacks. And I think that's definitely going to be something. One of the things I, I spent time explaining to my kid this He was like, well, why? This guy was terrible. Uh, 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 the, the general they killed, and as a terrorist, is a hundred percent a killer and a terrorist. Um, but it, does, it plays right into their hands. You're right. But you it, know why? It, like, why, what? Which one do you want to pick to kill of these terrible people running Iran? Um, but uh, but you're right. It's uh, it's a really it. We, it just has no strategy. There wasn't any. Why would you think there was any strategy? It's totally impulsive. And I think what the best story I think of all. And then let's get to other topics. Is um, is the Time story about how the the, uh, the government, the the people from the Defense Department, gave him ten options or whatever, how many options they give the president? And Obama and George Bush uh, had uh, uh, George Bush Part Two um, had passed on this option. They always put it on there, like yeah. here's the crazy option number ten, and he goes right to the crazy option. And, and what do they do? They they shouldn't put it on there. They shouldn't give him the idea to do it. Um, that's what's amazing is that he went to— what, what? And, that, and everyone sort of— Everyone in the Defense Department off the record is telling the New York Times, the Wall Street uh, Journal, and Washington Post, we don't—this is crazy, the cultural sites. This is crazy having attacked him. But they did it anyway, and then they don't talk on the record. That's that's my— Like, I'm like, is someone going to speak up on the record that this is insanity? And, of course, they're not. Of course yeah, they—
0: the, there's so much that's really frightening here because uh, greatness is in the agency of others. There is a wisdom of crowds, and he is clearly not listening to even second-order security analysts or NSA analysts or CIA analysts who might say, you know what? Somebody in the room raised their hand and said, okay, there is a very a, a moral, a legal, and a strategic justification for taking out Suleiman. He was the the entity, the strategist behind a lot of proxy attacks that killed Americans. I get it. I'm glad he's dead. The question is, should they have done it in Baghdad? And, and, and you know, Dick Cheney and all this shit when they go back to Iraq, they, so they, they would always start their defense or Prime Minister Tony Blair with, well, I think the world is better with Saddam Hussein dead. No, he's not. Bring him back. An awful man. <laughs> absolutely. I don't believe in heaven and hell, but would, would serve time in hell, no doubt. We are worse off because he's dead. And with Suleiman killed in Baghdad we are worse off. And it, 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 the most frightening thing here is he is clearly not listening to anybody at the I know yeah. people at the NSA. I know people at the CIA. They are way too smart to have recommended this course of action. So we have yeah. a rogue president with no, without the support. He goes to Lindsey Graham. What does that mean? And doesn't inform Democratic senators, regardless of political bias here. If he needs money to fight the war that he might have catalyzed, he's not going to get it. Yeah. So he's... Every day he speaks louder and cuts it's a really stick in half. It's really interesting.
1: It's really, especially in the backdrop of the impeachment hearings. They're coming back this week. That's going to obviously take attention. And Nancy Pelosi still hasn't delivered the articles of impeachment to the Senate yet. So, and and just for now as I was coming in, apparently John Bolton's willing to testify if he's subpoenaed, which is yeah. not going to be. Which was interesting. This whole thing is ugh, like the wheels are coming off the bus, but we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, I, I hate to move on to something so ridiculous, but <laughs> the Golden Globes, of course, took place, which <laughs> was fascinating. Nice Which segue. Was <laughs> Thank oh you. Which is fascinating that it didn't cover—it didn't talk a lot about Trump the, the, through the whole time. Usually, he's been the topic of Hollywood's ire yeah. quite a bit. But actually, the, the, the tech companies got whacked at Golden Globes.
0: Did you see the opening, though? Did you see Ricky Gervais's opening?
1: Yes. About Apple? Which one? Well, he just— About he Netflix? Just, you said if they didn't ISIS talk about— had a streaming service? He didn't talk about <laughs> Trump.
0: The reason they didn't talk about Trump was he summarized it perfectly. He said, okay— if ISIS started a streaming video platform, you'd have their agent yes. call them. So let, let's do us all a favor. If you get on stage, you get an award regarding politics. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up and get the, get off yeah. the stage. None of you have the moral yeah. authority, much less the education or, or or the domain expertise to begin using this platform as a means of talking about politics. As we, of course, talk about politics on a tech podcast. But anyways, it, it was. I loved. I watched. I watched it. What was interesting for me about watching the Golden Globes was I started watching a lot of it vis-a-vis Twitter. I didn't have the patience yeah, to get through the too. program, so I was watching a lot of the clips. And I wonder if Twitter is starting to do to TV what Facebook and Google have done to newspapers yep. and print. But it was, I thought it yeah, was it's a it news delivery wonderful.
1: service. It's such a successful news delivery service, I think.
0: Yeah, it really is. Did you watch the Golden Globes?
1: I didn't. I watched it on Twitter. Yeah, there you That's go. Exactly. And right. what were your favorite Why moments? I watched the good parts. I was fascinated. That so many attacks on tech. I thought that was interesting. It's sort of finally funneling down, you know. And and the fact that so many so many tech companies were up for awards and didn't win them. Netflix uh, only got two, two yeah. wins out of thirty four nominations. Uh, for Mar- Laura Dern for Marriage Story, she was fantastic in it. And Olivia Colman for The Crown. Um, Irishman didn't win. The two popes, unbelievable. All kinds of shows didn't win.
0: Fleabag won. That's on Television button. last yes. year. Yes.
1: But it was interesting they didn't win, but they attack an Apple being a sweatshop, yeah, the that was good. Netflix ISIS one, the Facebook uh, Sasha Baron Cohn one. Genius. We'll you Did you
0: hear that? Did <laughs> yes. you hear that We're guy? Play
1: it later. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. He had the best line of the Oh, race. my God. I loved I, it. I, we so I gotta him. With code now. I got to get him to come to now. Oh, my now gosh. To that guy's a genius. Joke
0: joke. That guy is a genius. Yeah. And he's doing a lot of good.
1: Here's what I thought the goal, it seemed like, given the war stuff that's going on, I was like, oh, God, these people, like, you know what I mean, like, hardly pointful, I think it must, I think Ricky Gervais was thinking that, like, oh, this group of people in this time and place is just, like, kind of uh, peripheral, I guess, peripheral is what I would I, I thought was interesting about it. That's what it felt a little bit.
0: But there's there's actually but. research. Uh, my colleague, a gangster colleague, Professor Adam Alter, who has appointments at the psychology and at the business school, has done great research showing that in times of stress, comedy surge in yeah. popularity, and in, ti- and in good times, uh, everybody wants to watch, you know, Ingrid Bergman films about everybody dying and sad. Mm, and I think, unfortunately, com- comedies are about to become a lot more popular. And I don't. I'm curious. I- I'm actually, for the first time in a while, f- physically worried, and tense, and anxious about what's going on. And I don't know if it's my age, or that I'm mm. actually just more aware. And we should be worried. But I remember thinking, I really want to watch the Golden Globes because I need to get my mind off.
1: Anyway, we've got to go to a break. When we get back, we'll be doing wins and fails and a new segment called Mandatory Happiness.
2: Fox Creative.
3: This is advertiser content from Atlassian.
2: One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world, believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool.
3: That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts
2: like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution.
3: Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more.
2: In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human, and I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things, and I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform
3: teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact.
1: Alright, we're back. Wins and fails. Scott, why don't you go first?
0: You want me to go first? Yes, okay, I can well, go first if uh, you I like. mean my you know my win. My win is Sasha Baron Khan. Let's roll tape.
2: The hero of this next movie is a naive, misguided child who spreads Nazi propaganda and only has imaginary friends. His name is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry, sorry. Sorry, this is an old intro for the social network. Sasha, who's your win?
1: My win is Richard Plepler. Uh, who is going to Apple to work on Apple TV Plus. Um, I was correct about my prediction. He's doing it through his uh, his uh, company himself. He's going to be making things exclusively for them. Um, obviously, he left at and After AT&T bought uh, Warner Media, uh, he you know he'd hated those people, just pretty much hated them. But he's responsible for things like Game of Thrones and Big Little Lies and Soprano, everything. So Richard is a, a terrific maker of TV. So here's hoping that Apple will make better TV by hiring him. Um, and so I that that was, I think that that's a win for them.
0: Yeah, it is uh, that guy on top of the assets Mm -hmm. or the capital that Tim Cook and Apple are willing to throw at this. We're going to have some incredible—we're going to be more great original scripted television.
1: He's got—everybody loves Richard Pepler, including me. Um, And I think uh, he's—I think he's just can—he has a network. He's got the curiosity. You know, some people are like, oh, he's later in his career. But I've never seen someone more enthusiastic. You know what I mean? He's still, like, engaged, and uh, I find him to be highly relevant. And I think the stuff he makes has been, you know, just—he hasn't really—he didn't get—you know, it's interesting. He and I often talk about the stuff he missed, uh, Homeland. And I think he passed on that. He just is he's he's very smart. He's missed a few things, but he then recovers really quickly. Like I think they passed on billions, which went to Showtime, and then he made succession, which i you could argue is better. Um, so uh, so anyway, I really I, I think it's gonna I'm really interested to see what he creates because I think Apple hasn't really put enough real talent to that to the money they have yet. so. Anyway, Good, what's Richard. your uh, what's your fail, Scott?
0: Yeah, I don't have a fail. I'm trying to stay optimistic. Uh, I'm going to skip fail today because I'm I'm not okay. I'll do a fail. <laughs> I I think the biggest mistake, and I can't help it. I'm going to talk about uh, the Trump administration. I think the biggest mistake of this administration, uh, you know, the, the bigotry, the misogyny, the lack of empathy. That's all incredibly de- uh, distressing. The 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 dangerous stupidity of eroding in what is just a couple years or three years, what is probably the most powerful alliance in the history of modern civilization, and that's the North Atlantic Treaty. Did you notice how none of the Europeans came to our aid? They all basically said, boss, this is your mess. I mean, none of them. We have taken incredible armies, intelligence, people with shared values, and we've just said, we no longer need you. And we've offended them, and now we are we are running around the world again, speaking super loudly with a stick that is splintering and chipping and getting smaller and smaller. And I think that will go down as the biggest failure of this this errant this errant three and a half years as is taking and our friends, people that we stand shoulder to shoulder with, and just saying, you know what, we we don't need you, we don't like you. It's just it's it's a fail of epic proportions. <laughs> Oh, God, Kara, can we start drinking? Can we no, start we drinking?
1: This, this war has really shook you up. It very much shook shake you up. Well, it's really
0: unfortunately, I'm thoughtful and I can do math. It, it, it literally appears I none of these it. folks have actually written out a scenario plan on a risk-adjusted basis. What are the likely responses here? It just— um, Yep. I think every yep. there was, professor there was a bunch strategy of strategy in the world, or every game theorist, is like yeah, scratching their a, head. Yeah, there was a
1: there was a there was someone I, I tweeted a, a one of the one of the theories like it was ten or twelve different things and it was super helpful, but it was disturbing. Like yeah. everyone's super disturbed because it's someone just and the, the the part that's most disturbing is that the people left in the White House are literally the dregs. Like we've got the dregs and inexperienced people there making these decisions, and you just the idea that Jared Kushner is making decisions on this on my life and lives of my kids. You know, my son actually who's 17, is turning 18, was like, do you think I'll be drafted? He said that to me. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I hope not. Like You know what I mean? Like, I was just—it was really—I never thought of that. And it was interesting that he was already there, right? You know, the idea that we're going to have a war. I have around. a draft
0: story. When I was, um, okay. I think, 16 or 17, we invaded Grenada, and my mom freaked mm-hmm. out and got me British citizenship. I became a dual citizenship such that I wouldn't have to leave for Canada. I didn't even know what she was oh. talking about. I didn't know what Grenada was. And That's about the moment— about the, moment, about the moment we heard from the queen that I was now a dual citizen and um uh, Britain declared war on the Falkland Islands, and I got a notice saying that I needed to, to register for Her Majesty's <laughs> Royal that was, that Navy. That was what
1: fifteen minutes. Yeah, Jesus. so my mom oh, accidentally almost
0: almost got me, uh, got me uh, working for the Royal Navy. But anyways. oh
1: my God, Scott in the army would be that just doesn't
0: work, does it? That <laughs> does not work anyway. Yeah, You would be
1: in the break. You no, would be in the break. Work. All right, my fail is this story. In the I just had a big argument on CNBC about it. New York wanted uh, Am- Amazon HQ2. So Badly than we that we realized, according to the Wall Street Journal, state officials offered eight hundred million dollars more in incentives that was previously known, including tax incentives to hire more um, uh, people of color, promote diversity, and pay their part of employees' salaries. They were going to pay part of employees' salaries in different parts of the state. And it wasn't just New York. Um, you know, and at, at the same time, the New York Times had a story this weekend about how many, how many more tech companies are going to the west side of New York, uh, New York City and uh, Manhattan. Um, so I had an argument with Dave Faber, who thought it was a mistake to not have allowed Amazon to create that campus, and they should have done the incentives. And then everyone on Twitter was attacking for me for being a socialist, <laughs> which I was like, no, I don't want to give rich people money. Anyway, what do you think of this? What do you—, what do well, you?
0: Kara, you're, you're not the socialist. You're the only capitalist in the room. And what CNBC and David Faber are is they're the worst type of socialist. They're cronies They want national champions and have decided that companies they think are cool should get certain benefits. I've... You know, along with several talented people, created a company in New York that had 140 high-paying jobs. And according to Cuomo and de Blasio, that means I'm entitled to $17 million in subsidies, which I would spend on a helicopter pad, a Bombardier Challenger 300, with Proline 21 Rockwell, Rockwell Avionics, and a Bell H43 helicopter. That is literally what I could have bought according to de Blasio, David Faber, and Mario, Governor Cuomo, that what my company was entitled to. But instead we say, okay, the company that is... The third most valuable company in the world. We're going to be socialists, and we're going to pick winners and losers. So when you walk into a room with David Faber and CNBC, there's there's a capitalist in the room, and that makes them the other guys. They're the worst type of socialists, They're cronious, National champions picking winners and losers. Mario Cuomo and, and our Governor Cuomo and Mayor De Plaza are literally going to go down as the worst poker players in history. And by the way. By the way, all the jobs they promised in exchange for soaking our municipal fire police and school districts, all those jobs are coming here anyways, because this is where Bezos wants to roll. They have already hired 1,500 additional incremental people for Amazon and another 500 people for AWS. They are on track to hire more people than they promised should we give them the billions of dollars. This is... Uh, Governor Cuomo and, and Mayor de Blasio are terrible capital allocators. They're terrible CEOs of municipal, of the municipal treasury. You're you're the capitalist in the room, Kara.
1: Thank you. Will you go on Twitter and say that? <laughs> because I'm being attacked by all the men of Twitter because I'm a lady socialist. I
0: will declare war on them. I will attack their <laughs> please, cultural Please, I need sites. you.
1: I need you to be the Mandalorian there. All right. We're going to go to a new—we're se- going to skip predictions today and go—we're going to do Friday predictions. But we have a new section that we're trying out. Uh, called mandatory happiness this is for you scott because you right. need a little lift i see that all right. Thank you. what's happening here um, i want it, it, I want to test out something we're testing out all kinds of new segments cuz we have so much we have twice a week we got to come up with new uh gigaws for you fans of ours um so it's it's not uh, related to algebra of happiness but it kind of is like so the news is stressful it's so depressing you're clearly needing in need of a drink at I'm this upset, time of morning I want you to take a minute and share one positive thing, and you go first. You want
0: me to go first on this?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, I think role models are really important, and and my one of my role models is actually my book agent, a guy named Jim Levine. He's this tall, handsome guy. I think he's in his seventies, who um, is just great at what he does. Married for forty years. Super into his family, works out every day. Just the guy I want to be uh, as I get older. I have a tremendous res- amount of respect for this guy, and does something he loves and makes a really good living at it. And he he was um, started his career as a child psychologist. And I asked him, I said, "Like, I I I feel like I'm an average to good dad. I aspire to be a good to great dad." And I said, "What what advice? What piece of advice would you have as someone who studied child psychology mm-hmm. for the bulk of your career?" And he said. You know, there's so much conflicting data out there, but the one kind of absolute for me is always try and find moments of engagement with your children. Find something that you mm. share and then make them rote and repeat them, whether it's Tuesday pizza night, always reading reading to them a certain book. I've been telling my both my son's stories about my my parents immigrating to America. And over the week uh, uh, in Montana, my son discovered this wonderful new program called Lost in Space. It's the reboot of mm-hmm. the old series?
1: Yes, I watched it
0: when I was a kid. I love the show. Oh my gosh. Morning
1: Will Robinson. This is a gift. Uh, so
0: just a shout out to Molly Parker as Maureen Robinson, Maxwell Jenkins as Will Robinson, Mina Sundwell as Penny Robinson, Parker Posey, who's great this, oh, as Dr. Smith. She plays the crazy Dr. Smith. The
1: crazy gay Dr. That's Smith. That's right.
0: And Do- Toby Stevens as John Robinson uh, in this incredible reboot. And it just shows you what's happened to television. Netflix.
1: Netflix. Yeah, it's it, Netflix. They
0: spent 80 million bucks on this thing. The Special Effects. The thing you're going to love about this show is not only is a, a way to create moments of engagement with your your boys, but the characters in it are really strong female female leaders. Uh, so they have the they just did this right. It's 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 a fan, it's great effects, great storytelling. And for someone in my generation, your generation, it cre- you just start wanting to like it, and they give you a ton of reasons to like it. So moments of engagement with my sons that is my mandatory moment of happiness.
1: Well, that sounds great. I'm gonna go with a movie too. Nice. Uh, having gone to several movies this weekend, I went I went to see Star Wars and I also went to see Bombshell, which I loved, by the way. That was a terrific movie too. You liked that? Uh, I did. It's not doing as well, but it was great. It was a great movie. Um uh, is is the, the reboot, uh, the second Top Gun. I'm sorry. I love Top Gun so, so much. I hate myself for it, but I love it. And they showed the, a new trailer for it, uh, which I loved. And, you know, a lot of volleyball playing with their shirts off, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Even though I'm gay, I love it. I love the whole thing. Uh, and even though I, I really can't stand Tom Cruise, I really love Tom Cruise. It's terrible. It's a terrible conundrum for me. He's a movie star. Um, Tom Cruise is a and, movie
0: star. No doubt about it. Yeah, he it. is, he's a movie star. and he's
1: like, there's some couple of lines in it that are so hokey, and it's so good. And then he comes up; they lift him up onto the deck, and they play the music, and he's on the. I don't know. I just love it. I'm so happy. I'm going to be
0: so. Sad. Wait, there's a new remake of Top Gun.
1: Yeah, not a new remake, a part two. It's twenty five years later and he's oh, training the new recruits, including Miles Teller. Oh, you know what would be oh more fun is to have You're drunk, ugly Val
0: Kilmer back. That would make the movie. No,
1: no, no, no. Because he's like no, he didn't he did not age well. Tom Cruise is aged he well. He hasn't no, he
0: hasn't aged well. He hasn't aged. It makes you want to be a Scientologist. I don't know what they're doing there, yeah, injecting I'm, sheep embryo into his neck or something. He looks no different.
1: I will have a better one next week, but movie previews made me happy this week.
0: I owned you trip. on that one. Moments of engagement with you the did. dog and his, his <laughs> you little did. dogs.
1: You did. I like my kids too, but anyway, anyway, it's time for us to go. Okay. This has been both funny and also touching. I'm freaked out, serious. Kara.
0: Hold me. Don't worry, I am freaked <laughs> out.
1: Did you get my present? Did you, you keep get my talking present?
0: about that. I hate it when people send me gifts. It's cause in cause Florida. It was delivered. I'm and I checked with gifts. With Not open mail. I
1: used. I used UPS or U Postal Service. It is at your house in Florida where you told me to send it. I okay. sent you the gift you wanted. Okay. And you did not get the it. The gift
0: did I you? wanted. Lonnie Anderson? Wait, what's the <laughs> gift I wanted?
1: <laughs> Just Lonnie. <laughs> Wait, I, besides the Edward Snowden It's WKRP in
0: Cincinnati.
1: Yes, she was very cute then. It's Lonnie Anderson hand in hand with Barbara. No one knows the is. No one knows. Jeannie, get to your bottle.
0: Listen to me. Go ahead. Listen to me. Okay. I okay. sent
1: you a present. Right. You need to get it in Florida. When are you going to Florida next? This'll this will be is... a
0: win-win because I'll turn them lesbian.
1: You're you are going to get, <laughs> when I would like knowledge of my present. Oh my God, that I Rebecca is shaking her head. I got no presents. That's from definitely you. not
0: going to make the show.
1: Yes, it is. That's time to cut in it's Time to go. We're going to be back Friday. We're going to do predictions and we're going to have all new features. We're going to have a lot of different features. We're going to do therapy of Scott every week. Things like oh. that. We're going to do all kinds of fun things. I need it. You do need it. Meanwhile, if you have any questions about a story you're hearing in the news for us to answer next week or this week, send to pivot at voxmedia.com. Scott, would you like to read the credits today? What My
0: credits doing? go to you for owning CNBC, those socialist <laughs> bitch cronies. You the, go the on there, old, you thwack the them up old the The white men who
1: watch it are mad at Kara Swisher. Just go on and defend me, please. Now yeah. read the credits, Scott Galloway, General Galloway.
0: Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis and Eric Johnson. Our executive producer is Erica Anderson, uh, who, by the way, I got to spend some wonderful time with Erica and her uber cool girlfriend. That was one of my yeah. highlights. That was my, one of my wins.
1: <laughs> You're all in like rich people land in Montana skiing, right? Well I was working, right? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, poor you. Cry you a river. Anyways, <laughs> as you go on CNBC, uh, special thanks to Rebecca Castro and Drew Burrows. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us and also download us, leave comments. Uh, Generally, just try and absorb all things us from any platform possible. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. There's nothing wrong with America that can't be fixed with what's right with America. We will see you later in the week. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here...